Coming to you live from the Morningstar Mission Sponsored Studios, this is Carl and Crew Mornings on 90.1 FM Moody Radio. Well, we're talking bold steps all week long, and we got something really cool for you. Coming off that interview with Aaron Damiani, we got the go-ahead. We are doing a give it away, give it away, give it away! <laughs> Love it. Come yes. on, Allie, what do they win? Oh, boy, I love doing this. Man, I'm really sounding like a <laughs> you are goober going this full morning. full-on game show. Oh, my word. Full-on game show. What's now the back name to, of the game back show? Back to Carl. Door number one, door number two, or door number three. Did you grow up watching those shows? You know, I did watch Let's Make a Deal. Oh, okay. And that was funny, man. Oh, man. What Still was that on. guy's name? Um, was that Monty, Monty Hall? Hall? Monty How do you remember that, Allie? I, I used to watch You were a baby. I I used to watch game shows, and I just remember hearing about that one. Monty Hall. And who was his uh, uh, assistant? She was super famous. Like, she was the original Vanna. Oh, I don't remember that. I there just remember Vanna. Carol Merrill. Oh, really? How okay. do I remember that I name? No. Am I wrong? Search Carol Merrill. Okay. okay. I, I don't just... know if it's spelled M-E-R-R-I-L. Uh, Carol Merrill? Game shows used to be so such a popular part of... TV and oh, my pop word. culture. Yeah. What was your favorite game show, uh, Boom Crew? Text in. I want to hear. <laughs> favorite game show, 312-274-9624. I used to love watching the, the Price is Right. And we, growing up, we had these big closets in the front of our house. And so me and my three siblings, we always had to watch something and act it you out. We replayed the... So we would each get oh, in a we would each get in a closet, like what a big closet, and do like a big reveal. And now behind door number one, and then one of us would dramatically open the closet doors while the person inside like showed off the coats and shoes. And I don't know why we did that, but it, we could not watch something without then trying to reenact it. I love it. Is that normal? It's really funny. Yeah, that's yeah. normal. Okay, just checking. Absolutely. Carl, that's you didn't great. say anything. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> Crazy text messages coming in here. I think it's oh, crazy, no. Allie, to be honest with you. Okay, well, that's okay. good. Mm -hmm. I think you are, you and your siblings doing Little House on the Prairie, complete with sewed bonnet things. Yes, yeah, we did that. And Price is Right. Price is Right. Sound of Music. Sound of Music. Sound of uh, Music. Rescue 911 was another one we tried oh, to read. Oh, my word. Oh, yeah. We, we would. I don't, I don't even think I've seen that. What's that about? Oh, that's where they have these dramatic reenactments of actual 911 calls and rescues. Did you oh. ever throw your little brother over your shoulder and haul him away? No, but we would throw our Barbie dolls in the trees outside. <laughs> and then we would stage really that's dramatic sweet. rescue miss missions to try that's to rescue that's really healthy. all of our Barbie dolls. That's really healthy for kids that. growing up. So we, oh, were, yeah. we were pretty yeah. creative. There's kids. studies on that. Yeah. Imagination no is great. No wonder all these kids are fabulous. Ooh. Valley siblings. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. I, it's because detail. they played Rescue 911 in the Price is Right. It was the detail. We didn't really watch TV. We just did, we would watch a game show and then act it out. So that was like our, our um, unlimited TV watching. Really funny. Super Nine, did you have a favorite game show? Um, I liked Password. There was one that was called Beat the Clock. It was pretty funny. I like name that tune. Name that tune. Of oh, course, yeah. no, no, you name love that name tune. that tune. Yeah. What about Supermarket Sweep? Oh, we got that coming in twice. Fun one. What is yeah. that? We didn't get that in the last. Oh, one. that's where you you have people who are shopping and they're competitive shopping. So there's different clues. <laughs> oh, how much they can cram into the cart at one time? Um, Not even. Sometimes no. it's looking for certain Specific items down to be aisles. In the cart, yeah. You know. Oh, I. Based on clues that are given. It's yeah. funny, though. They're throwing that, things I don't think I do aisle. well. Does anyone else get frustrated that they can't find stuff in a store? Yes, That's absolutely. Me. I, I, 
where I used to live, there was one of those new Amazon grocery stores. And this was like a new revelation for me because they had Alexas all around the store that I could walk around and say, hey, Alexa, where are the Cheetos? And it would be like the Cheetos are in aisle 12. Oh, and it's well, you could have asked my life. Alexa. Nice. <laughs> Where are the processed foods that are going to kill me when I'm 42 years old? Yeah. I also could have said, Alexa, where's the organic paste? And then I could have given that to you for your birthday. Okay. We've got Supermarket (laughs) Sweep as a favorite. 7343 says Family Feud. (laughs) 4861 Password. 2857 The Match Game. Another vote for Password with Alan Ludin. Is that Ludin? Ludin? Yeah. Hollywood Square. Hold it. Alan Ludin. Do you know who who he was married to? I don't know who he is, and I definitely don't know who he's married to. Oh. Who is Alan Ludden? He was married to Betty White. Oh. Oh, okay. Well, I definitely know her. They were a power couple in Hollywood. They were. Very cool couple. She was old when he died, and he died four decades ago. Yeah, she never married. Oh. She never married. No, I mean, and I'm serious about yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They were an older couple I mean, yeah, she when had... he died, and she lived four more decades, yeah, I think. She died in her 90s. Somebody said, 99. press your luck. Oh, press that's your right. Luck. Somebody's teasing about the paste. <laughs> you tease about that paste anymore and you're going to be out of here. You will never text again to this show. It's okay. To tell the truth. That was a good one. Ooh, yeah. Hollywood Squares. That one is. I didn't care for that one. There Hollywood were a couple Squares? of good guys in there. Yeah, it's fun. Those were all guys that had had their kind of prime time and they were. Like B listers of Hollywood, yeah. maybe C listers, and it got a little hmm, off color after a while. <laughs> it, it got really it off did, color. Yeah. You know, that was the follows with the times. Newlywed yeah. game. Speaking of off color, well, oh my word, that was off that color. Was, family Feud. Has anybody said Family Feud? Yes, you got a couple classics for that. What's one. my oh, line? What's my line? I don't think I've yeah, ever heard that. Yeah, that's that a guessing what they do for a living or uh, something, yeah. right? Okay. You remember Love mm-hmm. Connection with Chuck Woolery? Stop. That was a crazy one. (laughs) You make a game show out of people's dates and their heart. Yeah. Somebody, and I will not say their name, said 86 again. I call your bluff. Oh, you do, do you? (laughs) We'll see you later. You are on the bench for one month. I'm going up to my window. No, they are not. No, I can't do it anymore. Jonathan, did you even watch game shows? You might be. Yeah, all the time. Really? What yeah. game shows did you watch? Uh, the Price is Right was okay. the big one for me, especially on like sick days. Uh, there was one on Nickelodeon. It was like a kid's game show. You took uh, sick days as a kid? Yeah. Like when he was like from school? From oh, school oh, oh, I see. Nickelodeon had a couple <laughs> from cute work. ones. They had sick days. I had PTO as an eight-year-old. I love that. The Gong Show. No. The Gong Show. Oh, oh. wow! This is yeah. Jonathan. You might remember this one. Thirty-one forty-nine says "Legends of the Hidden." That's Temple. the one yes. I was just yes. looking that up to find the name for it. Yes, yes. Legends of the Hidden I Temple that one. was the best Nickelodeon game that show. Did, did you do my Google request? I did. I couldn't find the name. Carol Merrill. Somebody find Carol. Was Carol Merrill Cat Daddy's uh, assistant? What was his name again? I. Uh, Help me. Ludden? L- no, 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 that no, was... No, no, no. It is Carol Merrill. Okay. She was a former television uh, known for her appearance in Let's Make a Deal. Okay, cool. Oh, in there the you go. Carol Merrill. Good, me- good memory. I think yeah. I had a crush no, on her. I think I had a crush on her. Oh. I'm not sure. Oh. I was a little guy, and I remember thinking, boy, Carol's... She's 81 years old. Is she really? Yeah. Isn't that precious? That is. Wow. $50,000 pyramid. That was always pretty good. Yeah, $50,000 pyramid's a great one. 
Boy, that's not much money anymore. No, that's like, <laughs> congratulations, you can pay a, a Especially 15th of your mortgage. In this economy, yeah, I can pay my mortgage today. <laughs> oh boy, that's pretty good. I guess where we were going with this is that we have a giveaway. Yeah, but I don't uh, want to give anything away yet. We're having too much fun. Oh, my. That's it. Just the ah. price is right. Yeah. Yes. Oh, wow. Does this bring back memories? So good. Yeah. Bob Barker walking out with that big smile. Yep. Hey, hey, hey. We got a super righteous person came in with the final thing that we're going to cite here this morning. Okay. Uh-oh. Jonathan, have organic paste. It will allow you to live longer with your bride. Try it. Don't knock it. See there? A voice of reason. Wow. I'm thank, all for the living there's longer. There's no answer. Thank, thank you, 3670. <laughs> well, how are you going to argue with that? Somebody's ah. wanting you to have long ears with your bride? Maybe I'll have healthy food that's not organic paste. There you go. That works, too. A nice compromise. Organic paste. There is no such thing, by the way. <laughs> I know. Except maybe hummus. <laughs> you know? That's a good paste. I yeah. love organic hummus. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. There is nothing like organic hummus. Yeah. True. That stuff is so good. Oh, you get a multi-grain little chip dip, put in that there organic hummus. <laughs> oh, man, there's nothing like it. Whether it's number one or 100, take that step with Jesus today. You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings. Last couple days of our Thankful for You campaign with Thanksgiving next week. Can you believe it? Wow. We're giving away some gift cards ahead of the Thanksgiving holiday. Just our way of saying thank you for being a listener. Thank you for supporting. Thank you for praying. Thank you for sharing your stories with us. Go ahead and text the word thankful if you haven't done so already. I want to make sure that you don't miss out on the opportunity to receive one of these gift cards. Thankful to 312-274-9624. Just text the word thankful. I received uh, mail this week from my father-in-law. Remember, you've got mail. Oh, yeah. That's all electronic. Yeah. No, I'm talking mail. Like mail mail? I'm talking about snail mail. Ah. Package. It's so cool to get those things. Classic. Stamp and everything. It's so oh, yeah. great. You open that <laughs> thing up, it's like, what's in here? This is amazing. It was fun to open a physical envelope for sure, but inside the package is something rarely seen any longer. It was a bulletin from a recent church service. My father-in-law, Cliff, wanted me to see the contents of the service and highlighted that they Set aside time for confession of sin. I'd been discussing it with him recently about how God was tugging at my heart to have times of reflection and personal confession in our weekend services at 180 Chicago. And he sent this to me as an affirmation of my growing conviction, which is kind of cool for a father-in-law to do. Yeah, really sweet. So confession of sin, I've come to the conclusion, is not in vogue. Uh, we have supplanted sometimes important disciplines because of the discouragement and pain in our culture today. And so I think the motivation is right, but sometimes we miss some important things and we want people to experience the joy of the Lord. And we don't see how examining our lives for sin and confessing that to God could produce the kind of joy we desire people to have. Mm. I really mean that. But what if confessing sin is the discipline that could bring waves of pleasure to your life? Like right now, as promised, Allie and I are going to go through a few passages of scripture. And in three passages of scripture, you're going to find four huge advantages to confession of sin. And I mean huge. So we're going to ground this day in this. You want to take a bold step, confess sin. And you might say, oh, come on, man, I'm already discouraged. What if I told you there was joy galore on the other side of this thing? 
I would say I'm interested. Let's go. In a minute and a half, I'll give you those four undeniable realities, blessings of confession of sin. Got to go into work? Don't worry. Check out the Carl and Crew Showcast wherever you like to stream. You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings. You want a bold step? We got one for you. Confession of sin. It's not in vogue, and here's why. We have supplanted sometimes important disciplines because of, and rightly so, the culture. There's so much pain. There's so much discouragement. There's so much isolation. I get that. We want people to experience the joy of the Lord, and we don't see how examining our lives for sin and confessing that to God could produce the kind of joy that we desire to people to have. But what if confession of sin, that bold step is the discipline that could bring waves of pleasure to your life right now? So you're suggesting that because people often walk into a church building on a Sunday, maybe they're discouraged, maybe they've had a tough week, that we avoid Kind of bringing up the S word, sin. Yeah, I think so. Because we don't want people to feel worse. Is that what you think's going on? I think subconsciously we do that, and I don't. I don't ascribe ill motives to it, except that I think we. I think by by miss, and I'm putting myself right here. Sure. I think by missing confession of sin, we miss one of the greatest portals for joy in the Christian life. And I think we want most of our weekend services to, for people to walk out of there feeling like, yeah. I got something that's actionable. Mm -hmm. It's something that I can move on. But what if we've missed one of the biggest joy conduits from God that we could ever have because we neglect the discipline of confession of sin? I think it's true. Yeah. We got three verses to prove it to you right now. Start with James 5.16. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Unbelievable. So what's promised here in James is healing. Now, what do you, what do you mean, Carl? What's going on here? I'm going to give you it straight up. Unconfessed sin can cause physical maladies in the body. It can. Now. I don't be the person that walks around going, you're cold is because of sin. That's not what I'm talking about. Generally, the maladies here are prolonged times of suffering. But we've all seen this happen in our own life. When we have unconfessed sin in our life, we can it can be a big drain physiologically on us. Absolutely. Yeah. Every one of us can look at mm -hmm. times like that when it's just or emotionally, mentally, psychologically. It can be a drain on our tank. Owning sin can bring healing. Let's go through them. Uh, next one, 1 John 1, 9. If we confess, confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Cleansing. Cleansing. Now, think about this because you might think, all right, cleansing. No, what's the opposite of being clean? Well, dirty. Yeah. yeah. And how many of us have walked around before? We can look at this in our own life. There's no one here that is immune to this. Sure. We walk around feeling dirty. God doesn't want you to feel dirty. Yeah. How awesome is that? That's really awesome. I mean, come on, guys. This is huge. So healing, cleansing. Let's go for the third passage. This one is Proverbs 28, 13. I love this one. Whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. This is a twofer. Mercy and prosperity. Mercy and prosperity. Now, the first one's implied. It means whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper, meaning whoever discloses his transgressions will, will prosper. prosper. Hmm. 
Guys, this is huge. Healing, cleansing, mercy, prosperity. I love this. This is just three verses in the scriptures. Life-changing. Life-changing stuff. Yeah. So coming up here in a moment, we're going to talk about how we can apply this to our lives today. Yeah. How do I confess sin? Yeah. That's that's a good question. Let's talk about it. And what do I do right now? Is this something I can do right now? Do I need to get to a church? Do I need to get in front of a person? We're going to break all that down for you. Get more from your morning show. Check us out on social media. Just search Carl and Crew Mornings on Facebook and Instagram. Um, okay, question came in here. Pastor Carl, do we consider... Daryl Brooks a part of our family when in his sentencing he said he has recommitted his life to God. I'm struggling with this and do I refer to him as a brother in Christ? Great question. First off, anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Anyone who repents before Jesus of their sin is born again. So is someone who is born again, no matter if they're on death row, are they a brother or sister in Christ? The answer is absolutely. Now, whether or not Daryl Brooks is for real in this, because there's many who will say to me, Lord, Lord, and he's going to say, I never knew you. So I don't know where Daryl Brooks is at with the Lord here. And in case you're not familiar with that name, this is the man who was sentenced uh, for the Waukesha Christmas Parade attack. Yeah. Yeah, it's horrific. And I mean, he was, um, it was calculated. So, I mean, you've got a guy here that displays signs of uh, he's not all there. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of other pain factors in his life. And I did see a little bit of the testimony. He had nine folks speak up for him. One was his grandmother, and grandmother came on a Zoom call and talked about him being a disturbed young man and struggling with all kinds of things that were diagnosed when he was like 12 years old. But I come back to this one. There doesn't appear to be a dad around this kid. And, you know, this fatherless home situation is epidemic, and it's got horrible downstream impact into lives, guys. And am I saying that a father would have been the secret sauce for Daryl Brooks? One will never know, but I will tell you this. The amount of guys, usually when you see a Daryl Brooks situation, you don't see a loving, caring father that took him out fishing as a kid and was close to him in his childhood. Usually those guys are picking absent. Sure. So I'm just going to lay it down. The nuclear family is still the best family to have, bar none. Even imperfect daddies who love their kids well and cry with them and rejoice with them and take them out for t-ball and do different things. That's, that's no substitute for that, man. And a boy that's being raised in a fatherless home, I give no excuse for this kind of behavior, but there are reasons. And when you put a kid on a direction at the age of three, four, five, and six, and he's got no dad in the home, and he's got no real male North Compass in his life, my heart breaks, actually. I feel like crying right now because this is just, you're just doing these kids no favors at all. And, and by the way, if you're a single mom right now, this can be easily remedied. There are stats about mentors in kids' lives that are staggering. I don't have them in front of me right now, but there's stats, verifiable empirical data that proves that just a mentor in a boy's life, something like one hour a week investing in a boy's life can radically curtail some of the downside effect of a fatherless child. 
So there you got it. A little bit of hope there. Got a couple of things that were tacked. Thanks for tough questions like that, though, because that's what we talk about here with Carl and Crew Mornings. If our faith doesn't work in real life, like what do you do with a convicted guy that slaughtered a few folks with his car up north? How do you process that? I mean, it's this thing called Christianity is real, and it's really powerful, and it's really relevant. That's how real it is. And it's okay. We can talk about tough stuff here, and we will. Um, We're talking about a big, bold step today, and that's confession. And one item of confession that we want to talk about is where do you do this? And here's a big one. When does it meet the standard that you can't just do it to God? You got to go to someone else. It's a good one. And there's a kind of a two-pronged approach to this one. And we're going to tackle that. Coming up. And if you've got questions on this, you can always shoot us a text. Let us know. 312-274-9624. There we go. Let's get that. What's the two-pronged kind of approach to this bold step of confession of sin? When does it meet the standard that I need to go beyond just like me and God and I need to go to me and someone else? And there's a kind of, yeah, there's a two-pronged impact and answer to this one. We'll get to that straight ahead. Good morning, Boom Crew. Your number one hub for freedom stories. You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings. It's Carl and Crew Mornings here talking bold steps all week long. Today, the bold step of confession of sin. And often we don't talk about this because we're like, oh man, that's a joy killer. What if I told you it was a joy giver? No, I mean a joy giver. Where you're going to find healing and cleansing and mercy and prosperity. Those are four promises of confession of sin. And I am so fired up about this one that I am, I'm in a sermon series at one East Chicago on, we called it Fruit Flies. Remember the week we did on Fruit oh, Flies yes. here? And I decided this is so real that there's things in our life that steal our ability to enjoy the fruit of God in our life that we got to tackle these things. And one of them is, is we let unconfessed sin orbit around our life too much. We just let it orbit around. And it's like, it doesn't go away. It just kind of sits there and it steals our joy. But what if, what if God wanted to give you waves of joy, cleansing, healing, mercy, prosperity? You might say prosperity. Hmm, I'm kind of intrigued with that one. (laughs) Well, that's what we find in scripture. But let me tackle two wings of confession of prayer that are clear in scripture. One, I had it said to me this way many years ago, and I thought it was really good. I asked a gentleman, I said, when do I need to take sin to someone else? And I'd say there's two things that ought to be a kind of spiritual barometer in your life. One is if you've sinned against someone, you've got to go to that person. Okay. This is why confession of adultery is such an important thing. This is why you can't just sit in the shadows because that's the sin against your covenant relationship with your spouse. So to try to sweep that one under the rug and say it went away, it didn't. It didn't. It's still lingering there. And I've seen this so many times where the lingering effects of adultery, although dealt with at a personal level, because it's the breaking of a bond of a marriage covenant, it's it's something that needs to be dealt with. So if you've had sexual intercourse with another person inside the boundaries of marriage, You owe it to your spouse to go to them and say, I have sinned against our marriage for sure. Yeah. Now, what do you do with 
So that's that's one side. But what do you do with sin that you find yourself sinning and it's like, mm, and I think you're going to be able to answer this question yourself. There are plenty of sins that I have that I don't go to anyone for because it's a sin against God. And it's like, I'm going to confess that up. Here's what I would say. And it really needs, we need to go back to scripture for this one. Proverbs 28, 13, whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. Here's, here's the key. If you find yourself unable to forsake the sin, Ooh. you are in a position where you've got to go to someone else and go, brother, sister, would you help me? Yeah. And so here's what I mean. If you're on a sin repent cycle with whatever it is, fill in the blank. We know the big boys don't even need to mention them. You know them in your heart right now. You find yourself in a sin repent cycle, unable to forsake them. You need to get some resources around you in the form of other brothers or sisters. And here's what I would say about this. Brothers need to go to brothers. Brothers, don't have women shoulder your sin, especially if they're sexual in nature. Women, don't let brothers shoulder your sin, especially if they're sexual in nature. Boy, it's getting quiet out there, people. Yeah. But in all seriousness, you go get help when you can't seem to forsake this. This is what this brother told me. He said, Carl, here's the good rule of thumb. If you find yourself sinning and you come clean with God, and it's like that thing's cleansed and I am moving on. Move on. Let's go. But if you find yourself on the sin repent cycle and you can't seem to get off that crazy merry-go-round, get some other folks around you. This is where we find James 5.16. Confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Sometimes healing from a sin repent cycle can only be done with one another. Fair? Yeah, that's yeah. great. That's, okay. that's very helpful. So coming up in two minutes, we're going to talk about how, how in the world do we do this? I mean, where do we go? How does this happen? Let's get real practical straight ahead. Helping you start your day off right. This is Carl and Crew Mornings. Man, there's a man we love in this city. I saw him at the um, Michael Jr., event i want it's not a comedy act by the way michael jr if you can ever watch any of his stuff watch it this guy oh my goodness that was that was amazing he's great uh, yeah i really like him. that michael jr event <laughs> was amazing and um i saw james ford there by the way what a rich man of faith i love james amen just a great brother and he's appreciative of the morning show and everything. Yeah, he's I mean, been on with us a couple times. Yeah, he's just a great brother. He told me how much he appreciates us being on in the morning. Shortly after that event, his le his wife, Leslie, of uh, many years, passed away uh, last Thursday, actually. And Pastor Ford really wants you who love him, know him, listen to Treasured Truth, uh, to be at this memorial service that's going to be this Saturday at House of Hope, yep, down at Pastor Meek's church. And if you can show up, the week begins at 9 o'clock, goes to 10 a.m., and then the service is 10 until noon. That would be a wonderful thing to go to, 
to show your support for a brother that's in a lot of pain right now, but who is going to soldier forward in the grace and power of God. We have a keyword for you if you do want to attend the homegoing service for Sister Leslie Ford. Just text the word Ford to 312-274-9624. Ford. F-O-R-D to 312-274-9624. We have the times and the location so you can refer back to it. It is this Saturday, though. It's right on. Um, got someone here that texted in, taking me on, um, but I couldn't disagree with you more, my friend. I couldn't. Somebody said, I absolutely disagree with telling a spouse about sexual infidelity. It will only burden the faithful spouse and won't change the past. The guilty party should fully bear the ongoing punishment of that type of the sin alone. No. No, that's bad on a couple of theological grounds. We're not called to um, bear the punishment of sin. That's not the language of Jesus at all, my friend. You are wrong on that one. I love you, Boom Crewer. I don't know who you are, so I can talk boldly. I can talk more boldly to a name that I don't see the sure. picture of their face. But you're wrong on that one, and here's the other reason why. Intimacy and fidelity in marriage uh, should always be fought for. And here's, here's why this needs to come out. There was a breakdown in intimacy. And I'm not blaming the, op, the other spouse, but oftentimes there's been a severed uh, intimacy that even led to this. And you afford the other person the opportunity of hearing that violation and actually helping you dig out from that sin of infidelity. Yeah, Carl, you shared a story a while ago. I don't know the names, and they don't matter in this scenario, but a, a brother I think you were counseling at the time who uh, had had an affair like 10 years ago, and uh, and you said, you know, you've, you've got to have this conversation with your wife, and, and he did, and he didn't tell her all the nitty-gritty details because those aren't needed, but he needed to confess that he did in fact have an affair and that was what was messing up their intimacy. And, and she said, I knew there was something wrong. Now I know what it was. Bingo happens over and over again. I've done this many, many times. So my friend, I love that you're in the boom crew, but you're wrong on this one. And I pray you don't spread that far and wide because that's, that's concealed sin. That is a violation of wedding vows, and that needs to come to the forefront. And um, I love you, but I disagree with you on that one. Uh, we're moving forward here. We're tackling a hot topic this morning. Yeah, we're talking about bold steps all week, and today the bold step of confession. This is a bold step because it, it's counter to everything that our flesh tells us. Yeah, and we resist it. And we were talking about this early this morning. Here's one of the problems with confession of sin. We often avoid it because it comes to us. The revelation of sin sometimes comes to us relationally mm -hmm. where we'll hear something or someone will say something to us or the way they bring it to us is so. Uh, it's like mm. this is horrible. And my bride was mentored by Muriel Cook, such a strong mentorship that we named our daughter after her. And it was, this woman changed my wife's life. She would just open up the scriptures. And my wife said, the proof that she was a messenger from God is that I never walked away going, wow, Muriel's wise. She walked away going, God is awesome. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Oh, yeah. It gives it's me really chills cool. just thinking about it. But Muriel uh, was relaying a story to Janan one day that stuck with her and myself for forever. 
the, she was on a mission field, had some missionaries come up to her, and they were of the angry evangelical variety, mm -hmm. and they were tackling her. There was probably some envy. Muriel had a couple of daughters that were, quite frankly, good-looking girls, and uh, they were coming to her with the fact that her daughter's dresses were too long, or too short, excuse me. And who knows what too short was. It was probably a quarter inch back in the day <laughs> above a kneecap or something. But the, the, the fact is she, she, she got barraged with all this stuff. And she said, Janan, I was tempted to look at the 90 plus percent of stuff that was shared that was utter nonsense and be angry. Mm -hmm. But the Holy Spirit had me look at the 10% that there was some truth and own it. And I got to tell you, that story has stuck with me. And, it, and I've tried to, and on one big occasion, I applied it to my life. And man, did it serve me well. Yeah. Because it's easy to get hung up on 90% knuckleheadedness in someone else and miss the opportunity to own and take that big, bold step of confessing what might be true in that conversation. Now, there's something I want to clarify here. This is something I've thought about because I agree with you. It does help to address the 10% that you can own. Uh, part of something that I feel is I'm like, well, man, I want to address the 10%, but I don't want to enable the 90% <laughs> nonsense by addressing the 10%. That's a great question. Let's tackle that in a minute and a half. Whether it's number one or 100, take that step with Jesus today. You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings. Got a lot going on this morning. We're talking bold steps all week long today, the bold step of confession of sin. Where were we? Pick it up. Yeah, well, you were talking about uh, your wife's mentor who said, you know, these people came to me with something and 90% of it was nonsense, but there was 10% that I could own. And she advised Janan, you got to own that 10%. And I agree. The 10% does need to be owned, and it's very helpful when it is. My, uh, you know, concern or something that I think of that's difficult for me is I do want to own that 10%, but I don't want to enable the 90% of nonsense and just make them think that that's okay. So to, right on, and I'm with you, and I get so ticked at the 90%, I yeah. almost don't want to give them the pleasure <laughs> of knowing that I own 10. Agreed. Right? Completely agreed. So in this case, she didn't have to give her, them the pleasure of knowing that she owned 10%. Okay. That was between her and the Lord. Gotcha. And that was great. But if you've got to do that, maybe even in front of the people that you're talking to, I think it's worthy of a conversation that said the style, manner, and the content that you gave, 90% of this is bovine junk, hmm. all right, and lay it down. But you know what? This 10% I'm going to own. But this other stuff, I don't want you to hear that that's justification for you being cruel to me hmm. and mean and out of line and misrepresenting and falsely accusing. So I think if there's something public that you do have to acknowledge, just lay the whole thing out there. Yeah. Now, here's the problem. 90% knuckleheads usually go on to be 90% knuckleheads until the Holy Spirit breaks through. Yeah. yeah. But, hey, knuckleheads happen. It's like a bad bumper <laughs> sticker. Knuckleheads happen. That's true. And it's going to happen. And you know what? Here's what I've found. I'm going to save this for coming up here after news. Okay. Here's what I've found with the 90% knucklehead crowd. 
who just walk around and they've got the spiritual gift of busting everyone out on their sin, but can't see their own hypocrisy. Right. I want to I want to share with you a psalm coming up in just a minute that is beautiful. And you can pray this psalm over these people and you just sit back and watch God answer your prayer, not gleefully, but righteously. Your shot of hope to make it through the day. It's Carl and Crew mornings. Talking bold steps all week long. You want to take a bold step? What about confession of sin? I know it's not in vogue. And we've supplanted important dis- disciplines in the church because of the discouragement and pain in our culture today and our isolation. I really believe that, Allie. I think that that's one of the reasons that we veer away from it because all of us know intuitively that that threshold of stopping, stepping across confession of sin can be really painful. Yeah. I mean, that can be hard. And so we've tried to eliminate that at times. And I will confess to you, I've really been thinking a lot about this for 180 Chicago Church, where I'm pastor, because I forget where I saw this, but I was talking with my father-in-law, and he sent me this bulletin from a church he went to in Alaska, and he sent it to me snail mail. And I'm like, what's going on here, man? He's sending me snail mail? And it was a bulletin that he highlighted that they had a whole section of confession of sin publicly. Okay, so when you say public confession of sin, what is that? What do you think that looks like at a church? Like, I mean, I, I really honestly can't picture that. Is that people get up one at a time and say, I want to confess this to the whole church? No. Um, by the way, this is great. Since we had a guy get up at the, We've got so many layers to this, so let's we'll pick our way through it. But okay. you just brought up a, a phenomenal story. We had a guy get up at our college in uh, at Multnomah. Multnomah is like the Moody Bible of the West Coast. Phenomenal school, great. They are not they're not getting weak in the gospel. They're just strong. And we had an open sharing time at a chapel, and a, and a guy got up, and I won't get into details because it was way too graphic. But he got up and he confess sin to the whole student body. And right after that, a, and I mean, people are dying. They're just like, what the heck is this guy saying this stuff for? Mm. It was temptation, and he's accusing the girls on campus. And I mean, it was just bad. And I'll, I'll never forget it. Professor Lawrence, one of the... <laughs> He's Mr. No-Nonsense. He gets up, grabs that mic right after this guy was done, and he said... This moment reminds me of something that I want you all to know. Private sin is for private confession, and public sin is for public confession, and that was private stuff. Oh, boy. Man. And yeah, I'm like, right. you know, the only thing that would have been better was Lawrence to jump up in the middle of this guy's sharing and save that and poor. stop him. Yes. So then what would a time of public confession look like at a church? When when we talk about a time of public confession, it's providing the time publicly for people to deal privately with sin. Yeah. Okay. So it's not out. It's not speaking out. It's sitting there in your chairs, having enough space in that service yeah. where you're confessing sin and okay. asking people to do business with God. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So I'm sorry about that. Why do you think it's important that we take the time to do that? Because if it, let's say this, you know, it's private confession. Uh, anyway, even though it's around all these people, right. I, I can do this at home. What What is the importance of doing that at church? We don't. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't expecting that answer. 
because we don't. Yeah. Sometimes okay. the best thing a shepherd can do is lead you a place you don't normally go. Mm. Yeah, you're right. And the fact is, we don't normally go to, oh, honey, hang on a second. It's time for confession of sin. I'll be uh. down for dinner a little bit late. Mm. No. And and the a shepherd will take sheep places that we don't normally go. And we aren't inclined to. I mean, how many guys do you know that you've met with go, hey, can't go out tonight. This is my confession of sin night at 7 p.m. Never. Yeah. Okay, so do you think most people don't include confession in their time of personal I think a in lot personal prayer time. I think a lot do. I don't know if we do it rightly. And so that's what I wanted to get to. Okay. Thank you. Okay. I think confession of sin needs to not beat around the bush. And I know this because I'm a pro at beating around the mm-hmm. bush. I'm Meaning. a I've got a PhD in sin confession avoidance. I can tell you how to do it. And this is how you do it. You kind of know it's out there, but you don't really agree with God on the specifics of that thing. Let me tell you, if you want healing, cleansing, mercy, prosperity, which is the promise, and we'll get to these verses in a moment. Allie's actually going to make a graphic that's going to go on our Facebook and Instagram. You've got to agree with God, and there's nothing like, and I know this from personal experience, nothing like getting down into the nitty-gritty of the details. Let me give you one that I feel free to share on air. God, I want to confess to you and agree with you that I'm to be living with my bride in an understanding way so that my prayers are not thwarted. I'm to be a leading, loving servant. I have been bombastic. I have been ungracious. I have grumped about things that are reasonable requests that she has on my life today. And I confess to you, I have missed the mark with my wife. I own it, and I'm asking you to cleanse me from it. Please forgive me, God, and thank you that you have. And now I agree with you, and give me the power to do right going forward. That's different than just kind of, God, you know, I've sinned against you today or whatever. And, you know, it's owning and agreeing with God around the specifics of missing the mark, how you did it, and that you need his grace and mercy. You know, I'm re- reading a really good book on prayer. And this it, it mentioned this one thing. It wasn't about confession, but it applies. It talks about the, the importance of specificity in prayer. Yes. How <laughs> it said, if you walk away from a prayer time, not really knowing what specifically you've asked God for, then you've kind of missed it in that prayer what time. What a great observation. Thought, huh. So it, and it gave examples of how... Don't not that it's wrong, but don't, like get more specific than praying general things like God, would you bless me today? God, would you bless my family? Like what? What exactly am I asking God for? It, uh, what are my specific requests? And confession could be the same thing. Right on, God, Mally. if I've done something wrong today, forgive me. No, 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 no. Like let's get a little bit more specific, both in our requests of God our petitions of God, and in our confession. You know what the the Spirit of God just prompted me with is the prayer in Acts 4 by the early church. This is what they prayed. God, would you give us the courage to speak the gospel boldly? And would you stretch out your hand to do signs and wonders? Guess what? God did it. I know. Do you know what he did? He killed Ananias and (laughs) Sapphira. 
in the next chapter, yeah. he killed them because they were lying. That's signs and wonders. I mean, the, the, I, I know it was signs and wonders because yeah. Acts 5, I don't have it open right now, but the, the, it said not many were added because they were terrified of what was going on mm-hmm. in the church. But right after that, it says, and many were added to their number. It had a two-pronged effect. It had this holy, whoa, don't mess with God yeah. in the church, and a holy, don't you want to be a part of something that's that exciting? It was a game changer for me. I'm- that when you pray with specificity, what we find in Scripture is it happens. And it's not presuming upon God and telling him no. what to do. It's just being very specific about what am I what am I asking God for? What am I petitioning here? And in this case, what am I confessing? Because if we just leave it in this general sense of I'm sorry for any wrong I've done, right. we're it, missing out on the opportunity to receive the mercy and the cleansing and all that good stuff we see in these passages of Scripture. Think about a kid that comes up to you. And they're going, and you say, what do you want? Uh, Yeah, and they're mumbling stuff, and I'm hurt, and I got this, and I want something. Well, what is wrong, and what do you want? Yeah. That's what a parent does. And when kids apologize, at least this is what I'm sure you did with your kids. This is what I do with mine. I don't, a general, I'm sorry. No, what what exactly are you sorry for? Exactly. Well, I'm sorry that I hit my sister because I got frustrated. Okay, now we can get somewhere. Yeah. And by the way, your frustration does not justify you clubbing your sister (laughs) like that. (laughs) Which is why confession and repentance was needed. We're talking about the bold step of confession of sin, and it's a powerful thing, guys. Coming up in two minutes, we're going to set the deck for a dear friend of the show here, Aaron Damiani. And this is a guy that incorporates confession of sin into his weekend services. That's kind of radical, but also very biblical. Very biblical. Hey, Boom Crew, this is Matt Forte. Huddle up, because we're taking our next step with Jesus here on Call and Crew in the Morning. Carlin Crew Mornings here. We're talking about bold steps this week. A big bold step is confession of sin. Of sin. <laughs> you know, it's almost yep. hard to say the last two words. Yeah. Confession's okay, but confession of sin. Of sin. What are you going to do? Confess your excellencies? <laughs> I am awesome. <laughs> I am so awesome. God, I want to confess to you. How you're working through me and just agree with you. Man, you really are good. What a bold step I'm taking today. (laughs) But the bold step of confession (laughs) of sin is a big thing. Let me give this to you quickly. I don't want you to wait. And if you got to get somewhere, Allie's working on a a cool little piece that we're going to send out on Instagram and Facebook. But let me give you four promises from three scriptures. This is, we'll do this really quick. And then we're going to get to Aaron Damiani coming up here in just a little bit. Three things that will produce incredible abundance in our life. Three verses that prove it. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Healing, that's a promise. Could be emotional, psychological, just spiritual healing. You know what it feels like to harbor sin in your life and how that can actually be a drain physiologically on oh, your yeah. body. Absolutely. Absolutely can. Second one, 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to 
Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You know what the opposite of cleanse is? Cleanse, being cleansed? It's dirty. 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 Not clean. And we all know, let's get real honest. You're smiling in there, Young Thunder. We all know what it feels like to feel dirty. Yeah, it's right. When I, and I'm going to get a little weird here, but it's okay. When I forget to put deodorant on before (laughs) I leave the house, I feel horrible all day saying, don't let anybody get near me. Don't let anybody get near me. (laughs) (laughs) It's the same thing. You you and my 10 year old. Thanks for being so vulnerable. (laughs) Hey, it happens. You're it telling happens. me as an adult, you've never forgot to put deodorant on. Okay. Okay. It's oh, just, no, no. I'm, of I'm, course. I'm okay, good. willing to. I'll, I'll, enter, I'll enter into your sin with you. <laughs> oh, my. No, it's, it's true. No, but it's true. That's, and right. so I, that's a good example. Sin confession is the deodorant for your spiritual armpits. Yes. All right. I'm willing yes. to say that. Now, can I, can I go on with the third one here, yeah. Young Thunder? Hey, anytime. You got some wacky picking <laughs> analogy for this one as well? Not yet. We'll All right. See. Whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. Ready for this? It's a twofer. Mercy and prosperity. Where do you get prosperity out of confession of sin? Well, it's implied. Whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper, meaning if you bring your transgressions before the Lord, the doors of heaven will open again. And you might say, well, Carl, you're too literal. No, no. Yeah, you're right. This is the word of God. I believe it. Could it be that God in his providence will shut the doors of heaven because of unconfessed sin? Trust me, my friend. Ask anyone who's lived long enough to follow Jesus and become a derailed disciple. Every one of them would tell you, yes, it's true. And I've seen the doors shut and I've seen the doors opened. Coming up in a minute and a half, we got a dear friend of the show. Pastor Aaron Damiani, he has really done a deep dive on some of these spiritual disciplines. We're going to hear from him coming up. New to the show? Stick around for a while. We're Carl and Crew Mornings. You know what I love about Aaron Damiani? What's that? His spirit. He's got a great spirit. I just, I just love his spirit. Let's give him a proper intro here. Yeah, Aaron Damiani, lead pastor of Emmanuel Anglican Church right here in Chicago in the uptown neighborhood that might be near you. So check it out. Yeah, check it out if you're in the neighborhood. Good morning, Pastor. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing great. It's uh, to be with you. It's good to have you with us. Okay, we're tackling this issue. The bold step we're tackling today is the bold step of confession. Pastor, why is that such an important spiritual discipline that we often ignore? You know, it is connected to everything in our life. Sin does not stay in the spiritual realm. It impacts our physiology. It impacts our relationships. It impacts the way that we relate with God and others. And ultimately, it isolates us. And so confession is going to bring both the sin and the shame that wants to keep us hidden into loving relationships with God uh, and and our spiritual community, our, our family, the family of God. And in those relationships, sin and shame cannot survive. And that's what we need. We need, we need to get whole. Yeah, that's right on. Pastor, how do, you, um, how do you approach confession for, how do you separate it from what mon- many people view as a religious ritual, maybe based on their faith background? How do you kind of redefine it and reintroduce it to people who maybe have had bad experiences with that word? 
You know, what I talk about is just how much lighter we become when we confess our sins. It's rather than something that's going to burden us with like, hey, this is another rule. This is another ritual of people who want to, you know, in, in a community that wants to condemn you. No, no, no. This is the exact opposite. This is this is going to unburden you of all of the things that you're not meant to carry on your own. I, I remember years ago in, in Washington, D.C., it snowed so much that the garbage trucks could not even remove the garbage yes. from the alleyways and weeks. I mean, it was like it, 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 you know, days turned into weeks. It was, it was a long time before they could actually get into the alley. And we were like burdened up with all the garbage in our backyard and in our, in our alleyway. And when I heard those trucks come through with the beep beep, <laughs> I ran so I was taking garbage bags out there. I was on the verge of tears, ready to hug those guys because they what were a, taking away the the stinking trash that had been accumulating. What a beautiful story. That is beautiful. And that's the freedom we have, right, Aaron? Oh, my word, yes. It's like we're not – God doesn't want us to carry the stinking garbage of of sin and shame and just like to sort of have to, to live with it. He wants us to be free of it, and he's sending people from the outside. You know, this is not a fix solution here that we can just do a home remedy for. No, that's exactly right. Aaron, we've got a interesting thing here with confession of sins. First John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, this is to God. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It goes on to say that we can have fellowship one with another. And then James 5 is more specific. Confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. When do you know you can just confess to God? And when do you know you need to go to another? You know, there's no like cut and dry answer to that question. But I do find that I it's better to err on the side of, of, of going a confession to another believer, a godly, safe Christian. Maybe it's a pastor. Maybe it's someone in your small group. Maybe it's someone that you have developed a spiritual friendship with in Jesus, and they can just be trusted with with kind of, you don't have to keep any secrets from them. Um, so some discernment's required, but I generally find that it's better just to err on the side of, you know, bringing everything into relationship, not only with God, but with with at least one other Christian. Would you say that if a person does not have someone that they can confess sin to, that they're short sheeting their relationship with God and they might be in, in harm's way? Yeah, it's a spiritually dangerous position to be in. My, my pastor's heart for that person would be, hey, you know, ask God to, to lead you to a healthy local church, to a, to a healthy, you know, shepherd, team of shepherds. Uh, you know, a, a community that is safe for you to to bring your sins to, confess your sins to, you know, and, and again, discernment's required, but we are not meant, this is not a solitary project. We need the body of Christ. We've got Pastor Aaron Damiani with us coming up as promised. Let's talk about some real life scenarios that come up. A lot of times we can have a little bit, but someone else is so much more wrong than us. I mean, what am I supposed to do with this? Can't I just discount it if it didn't come to me the right way? Let's go there with Pastor Aaron Damiani coming up. Giving hope directly from the source. We're Carl and Crew Mornings. What if we got you a guy in here who does this as a spiritual discipline, not a ritual. Rituals can be dead. 
but as a spiritual discipline as he leads his church. This is something that I am cogitating on heavily. It's called confession of sin. It's a bold step to take. My father-in-law sent me in snail mail, Allie, a bulletin from a church that he's going to in Anchorage, Alaska. And he said, you know, and he's just he's just loving me as a son-in-law. He says, I'm wondering as pastors if we've gotten too far away from this. This confession of sin is one of the... It's you want life in your soul today. Confess whatever is standing between you and God and watch what happens. Aaron Damiani, lead pastor of Emmanuel Anglican Church in Uptown neighborhood. Respond to that. Do you do you agree that we've gotten too far away from this as a church? And if it's a yes, how do we reincorporate confession into our spiritual disciplines? You know, I do think there's been a drift away from like the harder emotions and the harder situations of the Christian life in our in our public worship services. And, you know, in some in some ways, we, we want to see the joy of the Lord. And that's really good. But joy and grieving are interconnected. And I think the more we can lead people to grieve their sin and, and grieve their pain, I think the joy, the worship is going to be all the more vibrant and bright. So, you know, one way that that I've that I've done for my own church in terms of getting back to this is, you know, looking at some of those older prayers that have been passed on from Christians who have walked with Jesus for, you know, a long time, but in a different era, looking at some of those old prayers that were touching on grieving our sin, confessing our sin, and, and just talking about the fact that we're not worthy to come to the table of the Lord. But by his mercy, we come with boldness and we come with with joy. So for me, you know, we, we have uh, something called the Book of Common Prayer, which I draw from. We, we draw from as a as a church. Yes. And and in the Book of Common Prayer, there's there's actually a few different options. There's like a confession of sin publicly, you know, when you do it together as a church um, in, in the liturgy. And then there's there's also it's uh, in the pastoral section of the Book of Common Prayer. It's uh, under the rites of healing is a, um, a, what's called reconciliation of the penitent. And it's someone who's um, just confessing their sins to another Christian who can pray for them and declare God's grace over them. Now, I'm going to give you a scenario. This is a real-life scenario. I had a family member, this was some years ago, come to me. And objectively mm. speaking, the way that their approach was wrong, uh, mm. they brought to me so, something, an issue that they had had with a parenting, a way that I had, I had handled a parenting situation. They were overstepping, they were out of line, and they brought it to me mm. in the wrong way. So I discounted it all outright. Yeah. In hindsight, mm. there were some things that they said that were correct that I probably could have owned, but I didn't because they were so much more wrong than I was. This happens yeah. all the time. It happens in marriage. It happens in families. Uh, what do you say that? So, sometimes we're hesitant to confess and to own things because it feels like someone else is way more wrong we're, than us. Yeah, and we're almost nodding in agreement with these knuckleheads. Right. It's like, I don't want to go there at all. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's a lot of self-awareness on your part, Allie, to, to name that. Um, I think that that's where it begins is to even just to check in kind of with ourselves of like, how did that conversation leave me? And sometimes our, our you know, our defensiveness is, is out of the hurt. The way that they talked to me was hurtful. And um, then, but then to move from there and go, okay, if I could separate that out, and deal with that separately, then I can look at where is the brutal final 10% of feedback that they're giving me mm -hmm. that's going to help me grow or, or sin that I can confess patterns. Um, I do think it's very difficult for us to see. There's certain things we don't want to see about ourselves. 
And it's those people who are closest to us who can kind of be like, hey, here's the spinach in your teeth, my friend. Yeah. (laughs) Are you willing to deal with it? (laughs) Do you want to deal with it? You know, so what I would do in that situation is to go to that person and and use what I call the or what some have called the A and B conflict tool. When you say, hey, when you A, I felt B. So when you raised your voice, I felt hurt and defensive. Would you please be willing to to change that? But then from there, and you know, have some reconciliation person to person. That's important. And then from there, say, here's what I am taking away, though. I really want to grow as a parent. And you were kind enough, you cared enough to point something out that I could grow in in my in my you know my role as a parent. I'm still growing, and so thank you for that. And is there is there even more? Do you have any more feedback? And if you're willing to give it in a way that's maybe a little bit more tender, a little bit more kind, I'm going to be more likely to hear it. But I want you to know I love you and I respect what you have to say. I think that could go a long way Boom. to just mending relationship with the person and with the Lord and grow as a parent. My hunch right now, Pastor Aaron, is that we have people listening because this happens for me. Whenever I talk, preach, teach, discuss confession of sin, guess what happens? The Holy Spirit brings sins before my mind. Yes. <laughs> I have a choice, right? Yes. I mean, this. I know this happens because there's no way I'm the one-off guy out there that's getting confronted things. Sure. What do you say to the person right now, thousands and thousands, who are being confronted with these things, and we've got this opportunity, and it's like we can either take this thing in or push that sucker back into the shadows. Come on, pastoral challenge right now. I've been there. And, I, and not just once, not just twice, many times where the Lord Jesus has put something on my heart. He's, he's, he's put his finger on it and said, Aaron, this needs to go. This needs to change. And the next step for me was to book an appointment with someone that I knew cared and, and just take that step before I could even um, think about it. So it's, you're, you're, you're walking right off that diving board before you're thinking about what it's going to feel like. And <laughs> Um, and so, uh, you know, I would just say the Red Sea moment for all of us in many ways is, are we going to follow the Lord into a scary path to freedom? Because we could stay in Egypt where we're weighed down with sin yep. or, or we could get to freedom and we could walk through that Red Sea. He wants freedom for us. And just like Miriam with that tambourine, um, we're going to be a lot happier and a lot more light and a lot more whole and a lot more healed as a person if we go ahead and pay attention to the Holy Spirit that is wanting to give us that that freedom that he has for all the daughters and sons of God. Love it. Man, you're listening to Pastor Aaron Damiani. He is the author of great works. His most recent, Earth Filled with Heaven, Finding Life in Liturgy, Sacraments, and Other Ancient Practices of the Church. This guy is rich in faith. What he writes is beyond solid. There's no throwaway sentences in what Aaron writes. So we want you to check this out. You can look for all of his resources right here. Go to moodybooks.org, moodybooks.org. Hey, this is Carl with Carl and Crew, and I'm so grateful that you listened to this showcast. Thank you mostly for being part of the Boom Crew. As we help you take your next step with Jesus, you're a huge encouragement to us. We'll be here again live every weekday morning from 5 to 9 a.m. Godspeed.